What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the Nick and John podcast. What is up, Nick? Uh, not much. I mean, hey, we got through number one, and here we are again for number two. So anyone, if anyone's out there, welcome back to us. Yeah, if you're still listening, that means you haven't given up on us. Nick, you haven't quit the show yet, so very proud. We're doing <laughs> and hope, well. hoping to make it to week three. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So this is the podcast where Nick and I discuss several topics, things that are going on in the world of pop culture, be it sports or Hollywood, what's happening with celebrities, funny news stories. If there's something going on in the world, we want to talk about it. If you want us to talk about it, you got to let us know. Uh, We're just going to have some fun today. And hopefully if you're driving home from work or just listening at work and you don't really want to be doing what you're supposed to be doing and you want to listen to Nick and John instead, this is the podcast for you. So please make sure to check us out. We're going to be on iTunes and Spotify, Nick and John podcast. We'll be posting on our social media, John Schneider 24, and you are at Frey Nick, F-R-A-I-N-I-C-K. So make sure to check us out, give us a quick follow, and we'll be posting these episodes up there uh, about maybe every week to 10 days, maybe two weeks. uh, We'll see how good we are with planning our schedules. Let's jump right in, uh, because I know everybody's dying to know what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, But first, we got to start with our segment that we do every single week. We're going to talk about our word of the day. And this is a word that both Nick and I, we're each going to give each other one word that we have to say on the podcast. So it uh, could be including it once, could be including it many times, but it's a funny word. Um, it's a crazy word. Nick, what is your word that you're going to be giving to me? So the word that you are going to have to try and incorporate as much as you can throughout the podcast today is monstrosity. Monstrosity. Okay. Mm. Um, for anyone who was with us last week, we explained that during our test segment, the first time we tried to record the podcast... Um, John wrote down the wrong word and I just completely forgot we were doing this word game. So last week it worked out a lot better and yeah, we're hoping to keep up the good streak. Yes. Uh, I will not make a monstrosity out of this segment and your word for the day is orangutan. Orangutan. I am going to have to write that down. Oh God. Okay. Orangutan. All right. Yeah. You're not making it easy. No, never do. Uh-huh. Uh, so you got to find a way to include that somewhere in the show. So we are very, very excited to be with all of you today. Nick, you ready to dive right into our first topic? I'm as ready as an eager orangutan. Let's that, do it. That being said, something else, so you know, keeping up the streak. Um, I have this thing with the calendar, with the holidays, love holidays. Who doesn't? If you don't, I'm sorry. But... Looking at the world calendar today, um, I was a little disappointed to find out that it's International Eggs Benedict Day and Wear Pajamas to Work Day, the latter of which I think is the more exciting. I think we can both agree. I didn't find really anything to talk about regarding these holidays, as I like to do, but I started to think, wow, Eggs Benedict has its own day of the year. That's pretty strange. I don't think that's something anyone would have thought about years back. So what I wanted to do was I went through the entire year, the entire world calendar to see what are, in my opinion, the zaniest, funniest, or just like most out there holidays there are according to the world date and time calendar. So what I did was I made five lists of four per list 
of the craziest ones. And then I put in a fifth that I made up. And I want to see if you, John, can figure out among these five lists, which of the holidays within them is the made up one and which ones are real. So depending how crazy they are, you're going to have to let me know, okay, that's the fake one. And I want to see how you can do. Okay. So did you wear your pajamas to work today? That's what everybody's dying to know. So I didn't, but I managed to bring an eggs Benedict with me just for good measure. What about you? Uh, I did not know this was a holiday, but I definitely would have. I would have gotten the whole office into it. But now that you're telling me about all these other holidays, we'll see what we can do in the next few weeks when some of them come up. Hopefully, I can figure out which ones are the real ones. First of all, yes, I hope you can. And second of all, I think um, we're going to get a lot of fun stuff out of this. Hopefully, uh, after we do this, we can actually follow some of these holidays. Uh, Let the listeners back at home or the listener know how they went. But uh, let's dive right into this. So first off, the first list, we have Catch a Cashew Day, Emma Nut Day, Oatmeal Nut Waffle Day, and Date Nut Bread Day. Okay. And one of these is not a real holiday. One of them is not a real holiday. Okay. Is this like a spelling bee where I can ask for what the context of these holidays are? Like, are you allowed to tell me like, what do we do on these holidays? Or is it really just a straight up guess? I think you got to straight up guess it because you have ones like date nut bread day that could mean anything. Okay. So, so just one more on, time, it's yeah, catch a one more cash time, day, but... Emma nut day, oatmeal nut waffle day, and date nut bread day. What's what's Emma Nut like? Like like I'm a nut, or like a girl named Emma Nut? Like like how do you spell that? E M M A space N U T T space day. That has to be the fake one. The answer is Emma Nut day. Final answer. Well, John, we will hopefully be celebrating Emma Nut Day this year because it is an actual holiday on the World Date and Time calendar. Catch a cashew day was the fake one. Okay. Okay. Mm. But <laughs> what, what, what is Emma nut day? I want to guess that Emma is a type of nut because for some reason, out of all the foods, nut-based holidays seem to be the most popular. There was fruitcake toss day. There was soup swap day, but nuts seem to be very prevalent among the year. No, so you're wrong. So I just looked this up. So Emma Nut Day has nothing to do with nuts. Stop. Okay. Yes. Okay. This is a monstrosity for all nut-related holidays, but Emma Nut has nothing to do with this. Emma Nut is actually the world's first female telephone operator. Congrats, Emma Nut. Make it I know. Way. I know. See, if we, if we learn more about, if our school systems were better and they taught us more about Emma Nut, then I wouldn't have got that wrong. Bialik High School, I hope you're listening, and I hope you can incorporate a little more Emma Nut history into the curriculum, because here we were mixing her up with Date Nut Bread Day. Which I assume is a food, and there's no one named Date Nut. Well, see, here's the thing. Assuming they meant dates, comma, nut, comma, bread day, I assume it's all food. But if it's Date Nut comma bread day i don't even want to know what's going on with that one i think that is a food related holiday i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that too but on to the next one wait wait wait. what was the third one the other one that was an actual holiday 
Oh, the other ones that were actual holidays, we had Emma Nut Day, Date Nut Bread Day, and Oatmeal Nut Waffle Day. Yeah, that's for sure a holiday. Okay, on to the next list. So the next ones we got are Squirrel Appreciation Day, Answer Your Cat's Questions Day, International Dog Biscuit Appreciation Day, and Dress a Pet in Human Clothes Day. Okay, so Dress a Pet for sure is a thing. Then the answer your cat has to be a thing because it's just so out of out the there. Yeah. That it has to be, even though I mean like cat ladies rejoice for answer a question preach to your cat day. Um, and I feel like there definitely has to be a, it's, it's squirrel appreciation day. There was squirrel appreciation day. Answer your cat's questions day, International Dog Biscuit Appreciation Day, and Dress a Pet in Human Clothing Day. I'm going to say the International Dog Biscuit Day is not the real holiday. And if I'm wrong, I want to guess again, so don't tell me the right answer, okay? Okay, well, I hope uh, me, you, and your dog Alfie can all celebrate International Dog Biscuit Appreciation Day this year because it is a real holiday. Okay. So we're down to three. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, is it the answer, the cat one? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, one holiday we will not be celebrating this year because believe it or not, it is not a real holiday is dress a pet in human clothing day. Surprise, How surprise. That's not a holiday. Right? Yet that was... people rejoice to appreciate dog biscuits. Yeah, that should definitely be a holiday. Mm-hmm. You're telling me. <laughs> Next up, we got Work Naked Day, Do a Grouch a Favor Day, Howl at the Moon Day and Night, and Hug an Elderly Person Day. What do you got? What was the grouch one? Do a Grouch a Favor Day. I feel like it's the Work Naked Day. That's not the real holiday. Well, funny enough, last month was Work Naked Day. So I hope you showed up to work naked as I did not show up today in my pajamas. But the fake one here was Hug an Elderly Person Day, which funny enough could be the favor you do for a grouch at the same time. This is very weird. Right? I learned a lot about our world calendar today. (laughs) But next up, we got Clean Out Your Computer Day. Everything you think is wrong day, everything you do is right day, and hide and seek awareness day. Okay, so I'm going to go that it's one of the wrong or rights uh, just by process of elimination, and I'm learning how you think about these quizzes. So I'm going to go with um, everything you do is wrong day is not the real holiday. So funny enough, only a day apart, everything you do is wrong day comes right before everything you, sorry, everything you think is wrong day comes right before everything you do is right day. So it's actually a day to kind of damn yourself for everything you think about and the next day appreciate everything you do. Hide and seek. What are the other two then? Ooh, sorry, giving you the answer. It's all good, it's all good. But funny enough, I just wanted to touch a little on clean out your computer day. Can you imagine the filth that would be found on that day? Yeah, that's very gross. And, and there's no real good way to clean out your computer. Like you have to use like a pin or something to kind of like get that little dust out. Oh, I mean like, I mean like internally. I mean if everyone just cleaned out their hard drives and the nonsense they would find every single year on clean out your computer day. They're like just 
history and history of God knows what they were looking at all year. Oh, so that's like, so you're talking about like housekeeping for the computer, not like literally physically cleaning your computer. Not, no, no, not dust, not uh, repairs. I mean, literally cleaning out the computer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That sounds not like, uh, that's not a lot of fun. Nope. Not at all. And last up we got pretend to be a time traveler day. Talk like a pirate day. Lost Sock Memorial Day, and Take Your Pants for a Walk Day. Uh, Okay, so I feel like my mistake is that I'm not choosing the most obvious ones. So I think one of them was, what was B? Talk Like a Pirate Day. I feel like it's that. That is the thing. Pretend to be a time traveler day, Talk Like a Pirate Day, Lost Sock Memorial Day, and Take Your Pants for a Walk Day. Pirate pirate day that's the one that's the fake one well funny enough john this final list they were all real holidays all four of those are real days on the world date and time calendar can you imagine a day dedicated to taking your pants for a walk i can i really can (laughs) (laughs) so i hope you enjoyed this game i hope if anyone's listening you played along hopefully you got them right and hopefully you can celebrate some of these holidays this coming year and uh let us know how they go yeah it's not very hard to do better than me on that particular segment uh definitely don't know which ones are holidays and which ones aren't i think we need to start going back to making up your own holiday day hey that was a good one but i think this year we're gonna pretend to be time travelers on pretend to be a time traveler day Exactly. Okay, Nick. So speaking of doing everything right, it's a holiday every year this time of the year for the Golden State Warriors because it's the playoffs, baby. It's the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, like we mentioned on our last podcast, big NBA fans over here. So we're going to talk a little playoffs. So before the season, uh, why don't you let everybody know who was your picks to make the NBA finals this year? To make the NBA Finals, I was very certain it was going to be the Golden State Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. I believe you thought the same. Yeah, I thought the same. Uh, felt, felt really good. The Boston pick was definitely a sketchy one over the year. Uh, has your pick at all changed during the season? How do you feel about it now? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's like uh, going from a calm and um, very... Um, one track minded orangutan to a sporadic all over the place orangutan because I was certain that the Boston Celtics would be the number one in the East. As you know, I've never been a big believer in the Toronto Raptors, but boy, have they proven me wrong this year. I'm going with the Raptors in the finals. Um, I think they're going to have a tough battle to get there. I in no way think they're going to win in the finals, but I do see the Raptors being the team coming out of the East and Boston wouldn't even be my second pick. You? Okay, so I, I disagree. I totally disagree. Um, I think that – so this is what I think we should do. I, I want to get into a different topic about the NBA in just a little bit, but let's just do a quick rundown so people know. Let's just do like our final eight teams, and we'll just you know call the bracket really quickly, and I'll give you mine. So for me, I got Milwaukee going into the next round. The final four teams in the East, I got Milwaukee versus Boston, and then I got Philly versus Toronto. So I'll chalk over there. 
I think that, you know, despite there being some quick upsets in, uh, in the first couple games here and there, that's my East. And in the West, I got Golden State versus Houston in the second round, which is a really big shame because right. I, think that, uh, I think that would be the Western Conference Finals. So uh, Houston just land, landing the four seed, very unfortunate. Uh, and then I got OKC versus Denver, who I think Denver's on upset alert in this, uh, this first round against San Antonio. So watch out for that. And the crazy thing is, you know, a lot of people are picking Portland. A lot of people are like, so the Portland OKC one, I think that's like a 50-50 toss-up. But for now, it looks like my conference finals are probably going to be for me because I think Boston's going to take out Milwaukee, and I'll explain why. And I think it's going to be Boston versus Toronto. I think it's going to end up being Golden State versus OKC. Hopefully that OKC is able to uh, take out Portland. And then I think they're going to take out Denver. I really do. Yes. I actually... Um, OKC really made a believer out of me this season. I really, um, after last, I kind of was under the impression, despite Paul George feeling confident and going back and wanting to go back, I was just like, like Russell Westbrook isn't the ideal teammate for anyone. They really proved me wrong. He really proved me wrong. They've been tremendous this year until the end, where despite playing better, his team played worse. I'm referring to Russell Westbrook. And... That being said, as much as I would love to say, because my gut tells me it's going to be OKC versus Golden State, just due to the fact that Houston and uh, the Warriors, like you said, unfortunately, are going to play each other before the Western Conference Finals. I want to get. I want to go with Damian Lillard. I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers as the long shot. And you know, I did not think they were even going to be a playoff team this year, despite uh, Lillard being one of my favorite players. I want to go Portland versus Golden State. And then I want to go Milwaukee versus Toronto. I think this is Milwaukee's year to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, Giannis is obviously, you know, contender for MVP. A lot of people would say front runner for MVP. Um, I think I've been praising Chris Middleton now for years. I think he's phenomenal. I think they have depth. I mean, getting Miritic is, I think, going to go a long way. And I think was kind of the... Um, slept on move at the trade deadline this year and again I just think Toronto also depth firepower uh, Siakam is with in my my opinion the unquestionable MIP you know Kawhi is Kawhi despite weirdly enough statistically the team does better when he's on off the floor I think in the playoffs he's going to change that up though and uh yeah I'm going Milwaukee and Toronto for the East for sure. Look, I think that OKC Portland um, matchup is definitely the most exciting one in the first yeah. round. So for me, that's it's really great. Uh, look, the interesting thing is last year, Drew Holiday shuts down Lillard, uh, completely plays the best defense I've seen like anyone play in the fine in the entire NBA playoffs last year. I thought I thought it was amazing what he did to Lillard. So if he's able to turn that around this year, I would love to see that. So for me though, I, I think this Boston Milwaukee matchup, I think it's going to be exciting. I don't think Milwaukee as a team is ready yet. I think that this is, you know, they had a great year. I think Denver had a great year. Um, these are teams that I think that, you know, once you get down to the playoffs, once you do a best of seven series, where it's not like a one and done. If it was a one and done like the NCAA tournament, I think Milwaukee has a great shot at defeating Boston. I think that, you know, in, in any given game, the Greek freak can take over. He can dominate. And I think just four to seven, I think Boston just has an overall much better team. I think just they're, you know, they have the best 
a, a, like a crazy bench. They have like a huge team with a lot of uh, amazing players. Uh, Hayward is like finally starting to come back together. Yeah. Um, Al Horford, despite not having a great year, I think he's going to turn around. He's going to have a good playoffs. And, and personally, I'm a huge Kyrie Irving fan. I think he's going to have an amazing playoffs. I think this is the time. Uh, he's coming up for a contract, and I think he's going to try and show the world this is the first time he's really on his own, able to do something in the playoffs. I can't wait to see what Kyrie's going to do. I think this is his playoffs, and I think that he's going to take them all the way to the finals. Can we agree? And to your point, um, regardless of, and I forget exactly what it was, but I was listening to something that um, there was some sort of stat that showed that Kyrie, in regards to the minutes he plays, in regards to how effective he is, he's actually like, I think, the sixth or fifth most effective player on his team. This is during the regular season. Um, can we agree, though, that playoff Kyrie Irving is just a whole other beast in himself? For sure. Look, look, the thing that's interesting about the Celtics is there's been a huge debate about what was the reason that the Celtics didn't dominate this year. Is it because Hayward was being integrated back into the lineup and the people who needed their minutes, uh, Tatum, Brown, they didn't get the right minutes? and their progression to becoming better players didn't happen? Or is it that Kyrie Irving, now being healthy, really tried to dominate and was ball dominant all year, and that took away from the rest of the team? And I think a lot of statistics have shown that when Kyrie was on the floor, a lot of other people's production went down. And then when Kyrie sat out a game or he was injured, whatever it was, uh, you know, Tatum played better, Brown played, played better. So... I think overall, if I was a GM, I, I would expect that Kyrie is not going to stay with the Celtics. I don't think that's in the long run what's going to happen. But I just think for this year, I think that he's going to be like an incredible player this year in the playoffs. Can we agree that unless there is a drastic change in the lineup, whether that be them getting rid of um, a bunch of these young up and coming guys and getting an AD type player or whatever it might be, unless there's a drastic change in the lineup, Kyrie Irving staying on the Boston Celtics is not a move that is good for either party, the Celtics or Kyrie. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's not good for Kyrie. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the internal politics are in the, in the locker room. If he's miserable and he's not happy, then I would say it's not good for Kyrie. But I'm looking at it as the Celtics looking to win a ship and Kyrie Irving when looking to win another ship. There is no doubt that Kyrie Irving can win a championship with this Boston Celtics team. Uh, that's my opinion. Like, I think he can. I, I, I think he has a really good situation going on there. I don't think he will stay. I think he's from New Jersey. and I, I think so. Yeah, I think he's from New Jersey. I think he's going to end up going to Brooklyn. Oh. Um, I've, been, I've been saying that for a while. So I think that you know, it would make more sense for him to go home. And like, that would be his thing. I mean, he, he, you know, was so close to LeBron and he saw what happened with LeBron when LeBron did that and went back to Cleveland. I could see him going to Brooklyn. So that's what I think is probably going to happen. But from a basketball perspective, he doesn't, he's not going to get much better than what he has right now with Boston. Like, you know, he's not going to go to Golden State. He's not going to go to Houston. Like, he's not going to go to these set teams that are absolute dominant powerhouses. And as far as the East is concerned, like he's not going to Philly. Could he go to Milwaukee? Like, yeah, you know, but. Uh, the thing yeah. is, I think Kyrie Irving is a player that is so dominant, let alone so dominant when he has the ball in his hands, that to be on a team that is just filled with guys who are meant to be the one to three guy. By that, I mean either the best player in your team, second best or third best. 
it just doesn't work. Now, to be on a team himself, a guy like D'Angelo Russell, and I mean, assuming they keep Chris Levert or assuming they go with someone, you know, they get another free agent. I think they have the money for two max players. I might be wrong. I think he needs to be on a team with two other stars and a whole band full of role players. Yeah, look, I'm just saying if you took, I guess I answered your question from the perspective of if you took Kyrie Irving off the Celtics and put him on another team, like you put him directly on this current Brooklyn Nets team, I don't think that team gets, like, I don't think his situation is better. But of course, if you take Kevin Durant and you team him up with Kyrie and put them on the Nets, then 100%, that's a better situation for Kyrie. But the question will be, you know, like I was always under the, pressure, under the impression that he left Cleveland because he wanted his own team. I do buy into the theory that there was some trouble with his personality, with LeBron. I don't think it was only just, you know, Kyrie. But I also think that, you know, if he's going to leave because of that, it's going to be because he wants to be the leader of a team. So the question's going to come down to, for Kyrie is, is he going to be the leader in Boston? And I think most of the media feels that he can't be the leader on the Celtics. So if that's the case and that's the truth, because we don't really know, then he should for sure leave Boston. And I think he will. But if we don't know what's going on and, you know, right now after every playoff game, he's in there, he's, you know, putting up 30 points and he's going in and he's making those speeches and he's leading this team and he takes them all the way to the finals. I don't think there's, you know, a lot of reasons for him to leave. We're assuming, though, and I think once upon a time this was fact, but we're assuming Kyrie Irving still wants to be the leader of whatever team he's on, whether that be Boston or another team. I, I personally feel like Kyrie's, Kyrie's found himself in a situation where, you know, it's almost like you're working in an office and, you know, every single day you can shoot the shit with the other people in the office. You could be up to shenanigans. You don't always have to, you know be on your best behavior and then lo and behold you get promoted and suddenly the co-workers don't necessarily want to always shoot the shit with you they don't always they, they won't let you see them slacking they don't always want to hang out because you're suddenly the guy you're the boss you know you're the one that they're supposed to be in tip-top shape for and I think Kyrie Irving didn't necessarily like to find himself in the role not only in the sense of kind of like you know locker room shenanigans but also in the sense of being the guy that's supposed to motivate the team and push the team because I think he's just kind of focused on himself. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, in a way of this is a guy who wants to give himself to himself so he can be the best he can be. I don't think he's the guy who's looking to make sure that Terry Rozier is the best Terry Rozier that he can be. There are many different kinds of leaders. I don't think Kyrie Irving necessarily knows how to be a great leader. He's mm-hmm. tried things, you know, he's this year after games they've lost, he's called out teammates in the media and made comments and the teammates didn't like it apparently. So I, I think he's still learning how to be a good leader. But uh, I've had this conversation time, many times with people. There's companies out there where, you know, the person who's working in the warehouse comes into a lot of money and they buy the company. And suddenly the person who's at the bottom of the pyramid ends up at the top and your subordinate is now your boss. And these things happen all the time across North America. People don't like it, but they deal with it. And what's interesting is, is that I don't think that is this situation. I don't think that Kyrie Irving bought his way to the top. Kyrie Irving 
earned his way to the top. Kyrie oh, is yeah. one of the best ball handlers in the league. He's a champion. The Cavs do not win that championship without Kyrie. And I think that most of the Celtics players know deep down that they would have beaten Cleveland last year if Kyrie had played. So, you know, it's game seven. They're one game away from the finals. Kyrie's starting. Rozier's coming off the bench. I think they win that game. And I think most of the players feel that way too. So for me, if all these players can't find it within themselves to let the best player on their team be the best player, you know, be the leader. And I know, I know, many, there's so many occasions in sports where the best player of the team isn't necessarily the best leader. But I think in this case, because Kyrie Irving wants to be that leader, I think everybody else has to let him. And that's the only way they're going to win a championship, even this year, if they wanted to. That's the only way it would happen, is if the teammates let Kyrie be the leader of the team. I hear you. And I guess my final response to that is that I don't know if Kyrie Irving wants to be the leader. And I don't mean that in the sense of he's showing up in the locker room and saying, I don't want to lead you guys. I think he thinks he wants to be the leader. I think in his head, he's saying, I want to lead these guys. I want them to follow the way I'm doing. And I want to get us a championship, bring it back to Boston. I just don't know if he wants to do what is necessary to do that to lead by example, to push his teammates to be their best, to be that guy that everyone in the locker room can look up to and follow suit. I think he thinks he wants to be that guy. I haven't seen him yet do what is necessary to be that guy. Okay, and look, that that could be. So let's segue a little bit because I think that this is related to what we were going to talk about, which is how many losses do we think Golden State will have in the playoffs this year? We're both picking them to win. So you have Toronto going to the finals. So basically the path that you see Golden State going to would be Golden State's playing the Clippers. Right now when we're recording this, they already have one loss, So, which is crazy. Golden State versus the Clippers in the first round. You have them playing Houston in the second round. You have them playing Portland in the third round. And then you have them playing Toronto in the finals. Mm -hmm. So you still think they're going to win the championship. They're going to get 16 wins along the way. How many losses will they have by the time they're raising the trophy? Uh, Well, first off, I mean, going back to you said they lost to the Clippers. From what I understand, it's the biggest comeback in like NBA playoff history or something like that. Either way, crazy loss to the Clippers. I don't see them losing again to the Clippers. Um, as we're recording this, it was just um, announced today that DeMarcus Cousins is apparently out for the remainder of the playoffs. He uh, had his one game and three minutes of playoffs that he's ever had. I see them winning the next three games. I see Houston going to at least a game six. So they're losing, that means, somewhere between two to three times. because. Game six, game seven. Then I see Portland getting a game on them. So let's say they're losing right now three to four times. Then I see Toronto beating them twice. So I am saying they're going to lose five to six games in the remainder of these playoffs. What about you? Okay, so just to, just to calculate, just let's, let's add it up so we can do this uh, in a couple months. We'll, we'll see if you were right or not. Yeah. So you said one game against the Clippers, two against Houston, they're going to lose. Uh, one against Portland, and then how many against Toronto, you said? Two against Toronto. Okay, so you say six losses. They're going to go 16-6 and six in the playoffs. Okay. Let, 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 so, let's, let's give them, uh, let's give them uh, game seven in Houston. Game seven. Okay, so you're going to go seven losses. Okay, 16-7. Yeah. and seven. 
So, uh, okay, so that's actually what I was probably going to go with. So for me, with regards to Houston, I mean, goal, I don't think they're losing against the Clippers. I think they're determined no. to shut, shut them down for the rest of the series. Um, the Houston one's a really interesting one because they went to Game 7 last year. So my gut is telling me that they're going to go to Game 7 this year, especially without DeMarcus. That's a huge loss for them. And the way that Houston plays defense now, so with Bizdelic, uh back coaching and uh, having Kenneth Fareed coming in and basically taking Trevor Ariza's spot, uh, playing amazing defense. So I think they're going to cause a lot of trouble to Golden State. I'm going to say Golden State in six. So actually, I think we're going to flip-flop from where we were uh, five minutes ago. But now that I think about it, I'm going to say, so one loss against the Clippers, two losses against Houston. And for me, I got them playing OKC. I got two against OKC because um, I think that if OKC is going to the conference finals, it's because Paul George is going to go off for the rest of the playoffs. So I think they'll be able to take two. And then against Boston, see, funny enough, I'm arguing a lot about how Boston can take them out. I would say Golden State over Boston in four games. <laughs> yeah. I, I would so agree if that was the circumstance, yeah. So, the, so but I'm only saying that because... I just really feel that once they get to the finals, it's so funny because in the sports landscape, we're always like scrapping and looking for the best we can to, to get to like some type of storyline that it's not just going to be, they're going to win. And I think that Boston literally has the best chance, but I think beating the golden state warriors in the finals is like beating like Roger Federer at Wimbledon. It's like, it's impossible. it's impossible. It's like, it's not impossible, but it's improbable. It's hard to do. It's and like, it's like your dog going downstairs right now and playing the piano. It's, it, it could happen. It's just extremely unlikely. Yes. So the thing is, I know I'm being a little bit counterintuitive where I'm saying like, look, if OKC makes it to the conference final, that means Paul George is playing really well. If Boston makes the finals. It means Kyrie and their whole team is playing really well. And we can revisit this later in the playoffs, but I just think that, Boston Golden State in the finals, you're going to have incredibly tight games, like something like a 122 to 121 or something like that. And it's just going to be Golden State coming out every time. And unfortunately, I think that's where you say uh, a lot of people are going to be talking all through May. Okay, will Kyrie Irving stay with the Celtics? Will he stay with the Celtics? They're playing so well. They're going to make the finals. And then at the beginning of June, when they get swept or lose in five games at the most, uh, then they're going to say, okay, yeah, we see it. They can't win against Golden State with the current team they have. We're going to get rid of Kyrie. We're going to bring in Anthony Davis, and we'll see what happens next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And um, So for the record, I think I had five losses, and you had seven losses. I believe you had six, unless I miscounted, including the Clippers loss. One against the Clippers, two against Houston, two against OKC. Two, okay. Okay. Yeah, that'll, so, that'll be my my hot take for the day. Final guess. Um, can we agree that? And unfortunately, they're gonna Houston and Golden State are gonna meet before the Western Conference Finals. Let alone, I mean, it's impossible for them to meet in the NBA Finals. But uh, can we agree that they would have the best chance at taking out this Golden State team, especially now with Demarcus Cousins out and kind of giving uh, free range for Clint Capella to just go crazy in the paint right now. A hundred percent. I think that the only way they are beating them is James Harden has to play like regular season James Harden. Yeah. A hundred percent. He could do it, but I haven't seen it yet. So we're going to follow this as the NBA playoffs go on. I can't wait. What I would love to do is before the second round of the playoffs, we'll kind of go through each series a little bit more. 
uh, to go through the, you know, the final four series as we get down to it a little bit closer. Yep. And uh, Kyrie Irving, if you're listening, I think you're a tremendous basketball player, a Hall of Famer. I just do not see you in the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals this year. Yes, we'll see what happens. Yes. Um, so, John, I wanted to talk now about, um, I guess we can call it the latest fad, or maybe it's not a fad, maybe it's here to stay. Um, the number one song in the world, believe it or not, Old Town Road, Lil Nas X. Um, yeah, before we get into it, why don't you, why don't you play a clip of that? I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the boosters black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your. So that is Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. So, like I said, um, this is number one on the Billboard charts right now. Not only is it number one on the Billboard charts right now, but it actually shattered Drake's single week streaming record, meaning the amount of streams in like a like in like the first week that it was there, like the first week being on the billboards, um, with 80 million streams in the first week versus Drake's God's plan that had 69 million streams. So it actually had 11 million more streams in its first week than God's plan, which held the initial record. Um, and then this past week, it managed to break another record, which was Drake's overall um, streaming record in a week, meaning didn't need to be the first week. It could be any week. Drake initially held that with 116 million streams on In My Feelings. And Lil Nas X destroyed that with 143 million streams in a week. So that was almost 30 million more streams than Drake. Um, you're a big country fan. I'm a big rap fan. I want to hear from your perspective what you think of this song. So when I first heard it, I wasn't really sure what to think. Uh, I know that it was made popular on TikTok, uh, that app uh, that's yeah. been, I think it was Jimmy Fallon was a big part of making it uh, huge. And uh, when I first heard it, I, was, I wasn't really sure what to think. I, I love the, because the thing is, I love country music. And usually mm -hmm. for me, hip hop, uh, it needs to be, as soon as I like an artist in hip hop, then I really like almost everything they do. So it's almost like once I feel comfortable or familiar with a hip hop artist, then I can really listen to their new songs and kind of like, I, I, I can feel it. it. And it's the only genre of music that I feel that way about. So when I hear like a new random pop song or a new random country song for me, it doesn't matter. Like I don't need to know the artist and I can be like, oh, this is really good. But when I know hip hop, when I'm like, oh, I hear Drake's voice or I hear like Lil Wayne's voice, I'm like, oh, this is iconic. This is going to be a sick song. Like I listen to it. So I never heard Lil Nas X before and I heard this song and I was like, oh, okay, it's okay. And then, the, but the country elements of it, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And to me, I was like, oh, he's just like rapping about country music. So that was my first impression of it. And then I kind of listened to it a little bit more and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And I was jamming along to it. So this is, this is really interesting. So then I started to read up about it and uh, you've heard about this controversy with Billboard. Yes. Yeah. If you want to get into that. So yeah, let's, let's talk about it because, so just a little bit of background for listeners. So I love country music. Um, I love country music for a really long time. Um, I'm probably one of my only friends who really listens to a lot of country and, uh, you know, coming from Canada, being in Montreal, there's not a lot of country artists that come up here. So, uh, super into country music. I'm actually going to country music concert and going to Thomas Rhett coming up. Hey. Um, so very excited about that. 
And uh, I, I, honestly, I love country music. And one of the really cool trends in country music uh, for a long time was, and you know, back in the like late nineties, early two thousands was something they call like bro country. So uh, a lot of people, you know, instead of just typically singing about drinking a beer, sitting on the dock, the horses and the farms and all that stuff, you know, there was a lot of people, um, you know, rapping similarly to Lil Nas X. One of the main ones being Kid Rock. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. thought about that, but Kid Rock like was very similar in terms of what he tried to do. Just to Go get you there, the first time I actually ever heard of Kid Rock, and we're going back years and years and years, I heard him spoken about in the light as a rapper. Someone was referring to him as a rapper. I forget if it was on the radio, if it was on television. So first ever hearing about him, I thought Kid Rock, this rapper. And then I heard his music. And I get what you're saying. There's there's elements of rap in it. He is to a degree rapping. But at the end of the day, we can agree it's country music. Yeah, no, look, I think it's country music. Like All Summer Long is a song that I really liked when we were in high school. And it came out and it was like a really sick song. But it was definitely country. Uh, even though there was like hip hop elements somewhere in his music. So what I always love is a few years, I would love to get into the controversy with you in just a second, but I want to just give you some background. So like a few years ago, when this Latin pop thing started, Mm. which was like that every pop song started putting in, well, first there was every pop song started putting in an EDM chorus. That was like the first thing, the first crossover, like maybe like five or six years ago. Uh, Because that was super popular because house music became more mainstream. And then now in the like maybe like two or three years ago, it was that now every pop song, it was going to have a Latin groove to it or like a J Balvin come in there and do like a little uh, Latin verse. So it's really interesting to see the trends in music because people are experimenting and they're going outside of their comfort zones. So when I really examined this more beyond just looking at the actual song itself, I loved what was happening. I love that people are experimenting and trying all this. As for the song itself, I'm, I'm like, I, I like it. I, I love it that everybody else loves it. I don't know that personally, like, this is my jam, but it's really cool. But let's talk about the controversy. Do you want to get into it? Um, yeah, but just um, to the last point you made, isn't there something fun about this song that everyone finds it so fun? Like, isn't that almost something that makes the song better? Like, I, I don't know, like, the first time I heard it, I just like, I'd heard all this stuff about it. And I was like, oh, everyone's really hyped about this song. And then listening to it and seeing people post videos of it, like you said, it was really big on TikTok. Um, I don't know. It's something about kind of like everyone rejoicing together about this song that adds to the song. Um, but yeah, let's jump into the controversy that, correct me if I'm wrong, before it hit um, the number one spot on billboard 100 it was actually on the country music charts and taken down because um correct me if i'm wrong it was stated that although having elements of country music mainly the contents of the song what he's actually singing about um it wasn't a country song and had no place being on the country music charts yeah so that i think is ridiculous uh i i like know that there's been a lot of issues with with the recording academy at the grammys or billboard in general with you know how you classify certain music and you know there's been problems we can get into this another podcast with women trying to get on the billboard charts and they have a hard time than men versus um you know like different people from different communities trying to break into different genres because you know what as like a media company everyone's trying to you know grew people into certain roles Mm -hmm. to me this is definitely a mix of country and and rap and i think that if you had 
you know, like a song, like I said, that was Latin and pop, it would be on the Latin charts for sure. And it would be in the hot 100 and it would be on the pop charts. So there's no reason this shouldn't be on both. Now the question is, is because the country music community, what's really interesting is that there's, when you watch the Grammys or you watch um, Billboard Music Awards, you see, you know, different genres of music. All these people show up to these award shows and you have musicians from every single genre. But when you watch the like Academy of Country Music Awards, you have literally every single country artist that's mainstream for the most part is attending these awards. Like they, they are their own family. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting and it's different than any other genre of music, in my opinion. Like, sure, you might have like the BET Awards where it's really all hip hop and stuff, but you have like some major, major hip hop artists that don't show up to those things. If they don't have a new song out, like they're not there. But you have country artists that haven't released songs in like years and they're at these award shows because they go to support other country artists. So, country in a positive way is really like its own community. So I think that Billboard was probably like a little bit worried about how can this be the number one country song over like a Keith Urban or like a Luke Bryan or, or songs that the country music community would get around. But most people wouldn't think about this, but I think that country music fans would actually have a harder time accepting the song than hip hop fans, mm. which I think you might completely disagree with. But oh, I, I actually 100% agree with you. So keep, keep going with oh, what cool, you're saying. Cool. No, cool. That's, that's awesome. Because I was, I was going to say, like, it's, like, you would think you would listen to this and you would be like, oh, there's no way that anybody who likes hip-hop would like this song. But I just think it's actually, the, like, it's really the opposite. It's like the country music fans who are listening to this who are like, this is not country. Saying all that, I am a country music fan and I do think that this is a good song. It's just not, like, my favorite. Mm-hmm. But um, to end your point, though, would you say it's a country song? Yes, hundred percent. Okay. Um, you said a few things that, I mean, actually I agree with everything you said and some main things I want to touch on. I do agree that it is a lot more likely for someone who is into rap or hip hop, more importantly, modern day rap, sorry, not importantly, more specifically modern day rap is going to like this song than someone that, um, is a country music fan. Do I think it is country music? Do I think it is rap music? I think in general, music today is really just like mixing and matching and just like kind of um, bordering on all different genres. It's no longer like, okay, he makes rap music. He makes uh, R&B music. He makes country music. I think things are really shifting. And to something you said a lot earlier about uh, EDM or techno or whatever, club music kind of being that first cross of genres. I actually want to um, go against that and say, I think it was rap that was kind of even before that. If you remember a few years before that, where there wasn't a song, a pop song on the radio that didn't feature Lil Wayne or Kanye West or TI actually during that 2008, 2009 period. Um, and that's when following that, you had like the flow riders who started making club music. And then you started having all these hip hop artists immersed in all these different genres and all these different genres starting to kind of take on a hip hop-esque sound, whether that be Justin Bieber kind of going into that limelight or whoever it may be. And to that note, I think now we're in a place in modern day rap where it's not 
boom bops anymore. It's not old school New York sound. It's this interesting blend of all other musics. Um, what's recently been a huge fad is kind of the emo rap, let's call it that, where no one would have ever thought that you'd be hearing a song that is an interesting mix of hip hop meets Marilyn Manson. So rap kind of took on this whole new sound where it's like a lot more singy. It's a lot more um, a different genre kind of over a trap beat. And I think that's exactly what this song is. I think that's why someone who is heavily involved in today's rap music is more likely to like it because this is kind of what rap has become. Not necessarily country music, but different genres of music with hip hop qualities to it over these hard hitting trap beats. Whereas a country music fan is kind of accustomed, and I'm not saying all country music sounds the same whatsoever, it's very diverse, but it has a sound. And to your point earlier that I feel all country music artists are really their own family-like community. And I think the fans have so, find some sort of comfort in that and find some sort of comfort in the fact that although the artists sound different, it's kind of this untapped sound that is what it is. And it's wholesome and it is, has not changed for the most part. And it's not going to change. So when you have someone who's kind of trying to do what they've done to rap music and what old school rap fans have hated that has happened to rap music, I feel the country music fans don't really want to get on that wave. Uh, I can't speak for all of them, but I feel like it's kind of like a, a, a scary line to cross. And I feel like that is why when you have this song that's entering the charts, and they're seeing how popular it's becoming, and they're kind of seeing the direction that other genres have music have gone into. I feel like they like what they have, what they have is great, and they don't want to border into that territory. What do you think? I think that personally, country music would benefit from being more mainstream, for sure. I mean, monetarily, you know, all the country music artists would benefit by, you know, people who are not typical country music artists hearing their voices on songs. And I think last year, what you had was you had Marin Morris, who sang the chorus of a Zed song, The Middle. And that was one of the number one songs of 2018. And then you had Kelsey Ballerini, who sang on a Chainsmoker song. And suddenly these country artists were getting more involved in pop and house and stuff. And I think there was some resistance within the country music community that people thought they were like selling out a little bit. And then you also actually have the Backstreet Boys do a little bit of country music, which I think there was some resistance to that too. So there's kind of been trending a little bit where the country music community has been going outside of their normal realm in the last few years. So what I think would be really great is for all the country music artists to kind of get on board the mainstream ones mm -hmm. to let the kind of the, the fans and the community know that this is okay and one of the great things I saw actually on Twitter today was that Keith Urban covered Old Town Road and he posted it on his Twitter. So he was like sitting in front of his computer with his guitar. And I think that's great because I think that shows like to all of his fans, this is acceptable. This is country music. This is awesome. And that you guys should go and support this. Mm -hmm. I do agree with you that I do think country music needs to make moves like this in order to become more relevant in the mainstream community and i actually legitimately do think that in the long run um lil nas x being right now the 
most talked about artists in the world, arguably the most talked about country music artists in the world is very beneficial for the genre. I think, like you said, Keith Urban, but also Billy Ray Cyrus giving him the co-sign by doing the remix with him is huge for the genre in terms of making new moves and progressing and moving forward. I think we can all also agree that um, he sounded awesome on the remix. He had a great verse. But yeah, I I think music's always evolving. I think we're going to get to a point where there isn't going to really be genres. Rappers are going to be on club songs. Uh, country singers are going to be in punk music. It's just going to be a whole mishmash of artists collaborating and making art. I, I agree. I mean, despite me not personally loving the song, there's two things. Num- number one, like you said, I love that people are really into it. I was just at an event this last weekend. We played it three times. So the kids loved it. The adults loved it. Everyone loved it because it's fun and they were into it. They were jumping around. They were singing. This is great. And as long as all these artists are beginning to accept it, I mean, we were discussing, this whole discussion came from why was it removed from the Billboard charts? Mm-hmm. And I think personally, it was to not to offend country music fans. And to me, this is something that should never offend a country music fan. This should be exciting for a country music fan. The artist should get behind it. To, to, like, you know, Stagecoach, which is like the Coachella of uh, country music, is happening in LA in a couple of weeks. Invite Lil Nas X to perform. Yes, yeah. I would think it'd be great. There's a chance that, you know, the country music fans start booing him. I really hope it doesn't happen, but I, I, they should totally invite him. He should be up there and he should do this. And I think they should go crazy to it. And I think it would be great for music in general that this stuff starts to happen because there's so many talented country artists out there that I think would really appeal to a lot of people who like hip hop, who like house, who like pop, and they could be really beneficial for a lot of these songs and not make a monstrosity of them. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, me who, um, other than Achy Breaky Heart, I don't think I have knowingly listened to a Billy Ray Cyrus song in my life, and yet I vibe so hard to his verse on the remix. Um, on the contrary, I, I at first was like, okay, this song's interesting. The first first time I heard it, kind of trying to distinguish is it a parody or not. Then I heard the remix, and um, I love it. I can't get it out of my head. I think that's why it's so popular. The chorus sounds badass. He's like impossible not to jam to when he's like riding on a horse and billy just comes in with this crazy verse about being a rock star it's awesome um, i'm gonna give it your- another chance i promise that's what no. i'm gonna do it's not i don't dislike it it's just that i'm gonna give it another chance because like maybe this will be my jam in the next week but yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get there i'll get there no i i think you will and um just to kind of my final remarks on what you said is just um i think people were scared I think uh, it was a kind of the fear of their genre kind of becoming a bit of a like a laughing stock because I know a big thought in a lot of people's minds was at first that this song was a parody that this is a hip hop artist which despite me considering this a country song I think I would still consider him a rap artist just because rap. You know, like, I wouldn't consider Juice World a punk artist. I wouldn't consider Lil Uzi Vert a punk artist. I would consider them both rap artists. Um, and I think... No, he's a, he's a country singer. He's ours. No, no, we want him. No, we want him. I just think that people thought that it was, you know, this rap artist was making kind of a joke of country music. I think now realizing that this is legitimately what he's trying to do. I mean, at the end of the day, art's scary people are always worried um, where it's going to go or how it's going to affect 
And to what you said, and to my agreeance, I think it's only going to do good for country music. Um, we'll see if Lil Nas X's next songs can not only live up to the hype. I mean, he might be, you know, designer panda-esque, but I'm interested to see if it's going to be a rap or country song. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm really excited too. I think that wraps everything up to, for today. Am I right? Yeah, I definitely for the last half hour forgot to say the word orangutan. So that doesn't count. You can't orangutan, use orangutan, orangutan, orangutan. <laughs> yeah, um, wrong. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for joining us. I know that we always say we like to keep it short so you can drive home, but maybe this will be your drive from work and your drive to work the next morning because maybe you got stuck in traffic. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, maybe we talked a little bit less about Kyrie Irving, then the traffic wouldn't have been so bad today. But uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Thanks for listening all the way through. Uh, we are Nick and John. You can follow Nick at Frey Nick, F R A I N I C K. And check me out at John Schneider24 on Twitter, Instagram, uh, whatever social media you want to connect with me. And let us know, like I said on the last podcast, we want to know what you guys want to talk about. We're going to be having some guests coming up, hopefully soon on the next few podcasts, so uh, to talk about some other topics. But like I said, let us know what you want to talk about. We would love to do a segment about things that you want us to discuss. So be it pop culture, whether it's sports, music, um, athletes, celebrities, we're always down to talk about what's going on in the world uh, because there's no better experts than Nick and John on Amen. what's happening in life right now. So uh, make sure to subscribe and we will see you next time.